0: Welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment, stick around. You might just be blessed by how the blind look at God's Word. Yeah, the pun is totally intended. And now, here's your host, the Blind Jesus Freak himself, Mike Calvo.
1: Hello and welcome to the Blind Jesus Freak podcast. I am the Blind Jesus Freak, one of the many, I certainly hope. And I'd like to uh, just welcome everybody in our text chat tonight. We do record every Tuesday night and you can visit us live on the web and uh, get a link to that. If not, you can put us into your favorite RSS reader or your podcatcher whatever you want to call it, and uh, you can listen to us whenever you want. But we have had a tremendous response over the last few weeks. We've gotten several emails. We actually have a testimony waiting in the wings, which we will not bring to you this week because we are running a little short on time, and frankly, we didn't get around to talking about it. But we promise we will bring it to you next week, and... Uh, I'm sure that it is going to be as exciting for you to hear this individual's testimony as it was for us to read it. It's just been a a crazy week here at uh, the Blind Jesus Freak podcast in many respects, not only pertaining to the podcast, but to other very interesting events going on with technology and all kinds of new and fun stuff. Everybody just got back from CSUN last week from the Consumer Conference or the CSUN Conference out in California. And uh, it was very interesting stuff going on out there, so I do invite you to check it out on the Serotalk Podcast Network. Enough shameless plugs for (laughs) for various things that I'm involved (laughs) in. Uh, Good evening to Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Good
2: evening, afternoon, morning, wherever you're listening. That's the great thing about the Spirit of God and about this podcast. It just kind of reaches and uh, transcends time.
1: And Lisa, welcome. Thank you. How are you?
3: I'm, I'm well. I'm fine. Oh my
1: goodness. Listen to you. You sound like you got a nice, shiny new mic today. I did. It sounds awesome. It really does. No, it, it's, it's awesome. People write us and tell us how wonderful Lisa's mic sounds, just because it's just fun to bug her about right. how wonderful her voice sounds on the mic. I'm glad. Truly. But. uh <laughs> no really it, it does sound really awesome um have you been well did you have a good week
3: i did eventful as well those things seem to run like that run in pairs or threes or whatever but uh good overall a little you know a little hairy in places but uh glad to be here
1: keep you on your toes oh, this is a good thing yeah, yeah so so jamie i hear that we have a very interesting program this evening what is happening
2: what is happening is that miss lisa is going to give us her testimony and i am really looking forward to this i have visited with lisa i've worked for sarotech uh, a little over a year and i have visited with lisa many times uh, just about work and just kind of just visiting in general as those things happen And I really have a feeling that her life story and her testimony is going to be quite fascinating. And I am personally looking forward to kind of getting some of the details that maybe I haven't gotten to hear before.
1: Awesome! Well, without further ado, Lisa, please do tell I'm excited myself uh, to hear your story. I know I've heard bits and pieces. And folks, uh, Lisa is truly an amazing Woman, not only in the natural, but what God has accomplished through her, and uh, really sit back, relax, and be prepared to be totally blessed.
3: Well, when we talked about this, Mike said to me, so is this going to be more of a teaching or a testimony? And I said, well, a little bit of both. It's hard to say. This is kind of more bits and pieces than any particular chronological sort of life story, but I've got lots of questions tonight. Do you ever wonder about heaven? I know I do. Scripture gives us many of the important facts, but often I can't help but think about those moments in between. For example, can you imagine the shock among the angels when God detailed his plan for our redemption? Why a manger? Why a simple peasant family? Why a human being at all? Why a cruel cross? And maybe most significant, why would you do it at all? There's one particular question that fascinates me. I wonder, did it maybe happen this way? A few dozen angels were gathered around the throne of God, and it seemed that each one had something to say. The lion you made is magnificent, Lord. I have returned from delivering the message to Abraham and Sarai. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I have a question, please. None of the angels took much notice. After all, It was just Stanley, and he was always asking questions. It wasn't that they weren't good questions. It's just that Stanley had a bit of a reputation. He wouldn't ask just one question when two would do. And when all the other angels were ready for battle against the forces of darkness, there would be Stanley still asking questions. But the father noticed and looked at Stanley with loving eyes. And what is your question? Stanley took a deep breath, which seemed a bit surprising, since when he did start speaking, he gave the impression of someone who had been holding his breath. This was obviously a question he had wanted to ask for quite some time. Why would you go to such trouble to plan your suffering with such excruciating detail? It doesn't make sense, begging your pardon, of course. Isn't it enough that you would cleanse them of their sins? Why must you plan out your torture to the most insignificant detail? Insignificant? No details, no parts of my plan are without significance. Why don't you give me an example, and I will show you. By this time, all the angels were listening intently, for Stanley, with all his questions, had gone cleanly to the heart of what they too wanted to understand. "'Well, there's this one time,' replied Stanley, now more than a little intimidated at the attention their conversation was receiving. "'Part of your plan says that before you are crucified, you will be blindfolded, and evil people will... they will...,' he stammered to a halt. Then, squaring his shoulders, he finished the question in a low, pain-filled voice. "'They will slap your face!' and they will mock you, and they will ask you to say who it was that slapped you. I can't imagine how any created being could presume to do such a thing, but begging your pardon, I can't see why you would allow it. The father smiled knowingly. Your question has many possible answers. The most complete one is love. Why would I cancel the evil of human beings if I didn't love them? And since I do love them, I want them to know I understand what it is to be one of them. I think the best way for you to understand is to see. There are many who will be drawn to me because of that one action. But for now, I will show you just one. And with that, the father raised his hand and it was as if a window opened onto another time and place. They looked down upon the activity of a busy playground. Groups of children played noisy games of tag, dodgeball, or other games of their own inventions. One group, however, was playing a very quiet game. These children huddled together, whispering and nudging one another. Suddenly, one dashed away from the group and over to a solitaire figure standing a few yards away. The sound of a slap rang out, and it was followed by a gasp of surprised pain. Then, the quiet group erupted with taunting voices. Guess who? Bet you don't know. You're so special. Then tell us who slapped you. Just as quickly as the clamor started, it stopped, only to be replaced by more whispering and nudging. As the sinister game played itself out time and time again. The girl knew it was pointless to avoid her tormentors. If she went elsewhere, they would find her. If she stayed indoors, they would save their slaps for the school bus, the cafeteria, nearly anywhere they found opportunity. I think I understand now, conceded Stanley, silently praying God would make the scene in front of them disappear. But that child knew when it was coming. For anyone to not see that slap, to suspect it was coming, but not ever really know, would be too horrible. What could be served by a holy God suffering such a thing at the hands of those whom he created? I know it's painful to watch, but I would ask you to observe once more. This time, the father said, Pay attention only to the girl. Stanley watched the child as she took in her surroundings, shifting from foot to foot to ward off the autumn chill. This time, when the slap came, he spluttered with indignation. That kid just came right up in her face and slapped her. It's as if she didn't even see. He stood there as the tears ran freely down his face. His shoulders heaved as he tried to compose himself. The father answered tenderly. She never saw it coming. So I'll suffer the same for her. I wish she were the only one, but sadly, she is not. So when she and others like her feel that no one understands, they can read one of the many thousands of details about my time on earth, and they will know that I understand enough to take their burdens on myself. You see, my friend, as I said at the beginning, the answer can most clearly be stated in one word, and that answer. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about tonight. As I'm sure you can guess, that little girl was me. Didn't know. I, I Various accounts of the crucifixion, from books. I was about 15 when I got a Braille Bible for myself and immediately set out on a plan to read it in a year. And I had a relationship with God before that time. But I can tell you honestly that reading that passage fully transformed my relationship with God. Too many times I was stuck and I'm still unfortunately at times stuck in the rut of when I come to God in prayer, I have to come with my clothes clean and wearing my shiny shoes and skinned knees. Are not welcome when this child approaches the father. This verse showed me that God loves skin knees too, and maybe he doesn't want us to stay wrinkled or dingy, but he loves us enough to take us where we are and to accept us where we are, because he's been there. God reminds me of Mrs. Gardner. Mrs. Gardner was my kindergarten teacher. And she was amazing. I actually saw her about seven years ago. I think she was about 100 years old <laughs> or not far from at the time. She was old when she taught me. But she was so poised and so gracious. But I remember on the playground, we had this sliding board. And I was equal parts fascinated and terrified buy it and she could tell me how to do and what to do and how to go and I wasn't having any of it it wasn't until Mrs. Gardner in her suit with her glasses on the chain around her neck and all her dignity and all her grace climbed up the sliding board behind me and held me in her lap And let go, and we yelled all the way briefly down that seemed like forever, and we landed in the dirt. Mrs. Gardner was God that day, because she was willing to go with me and to be with me, and to kind (laughs) of—it was the original get down and dirty, I think. We do have a few brief scriptures, and I would like to share them with you. Jamie, I'm wondering— if you would be willing to go ahead and read the first one.
2: I'd be glad to. The first scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, and it's taken from the New American Standard Bible. For just as, as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ.
3: You know, I never heard anyone memorize that verse or share that verse, and... Maybe I wasn't just paying attention, but wow, what a comfort. You know, that, okay, we will suffer. The Bible is very clear about that. It doesn't pull any punches. But we also have that same comfort through him. And also, I probably should have initially put this first, but I want to, just as background, if you've not heard this verse before, would you go ahead, Jamie, and read the second one for us?
2: Sure. The second verse of Scripture is Luke Chapter 22, verse 64. And this is from the New King James Version. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you?
3: That, I don't know. um, I was reading this the other day in different translations. And you would think that after a while, when something was repeated enough... You know, no matter how much you don't want it to, your mind would kind of go, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, I've heard this, I've I've read this. But every time, it gave me goosebumps. And it seemed like with each translation, really, there was something a little new. Some say they blindfolded him, some say they covered his face. But it just gives a little bit of a different shading so that you get kind of a different sense of it Each time, and it just completely boggles my mind that he would do this for me, for any of us. I mean, really, okay? Obviously, I'm not, so it's a moot point. But, you know, if I were Jesus, the first one of my creation, this is why I'm not Jesus, the first one of my creation that slapped me like that, I'd be down off that cross and I'd have that creation by the neck of the robes and I'd be in their face and it would start with listen and it would go downhill from there, I think. But the fact that he stayed there, I mean, people think of like, you know, you hear the songs like Infant Jesus Meek and Mild. Yeah, right. I don't think so. This was the God of the universe. If he appeared meek and mild, it was for our benefit. In Isaiah, there are many prophecies about Christ. And we have a verse from the 53rd chapter, but in that same chapter, for example, it says, as the sheep before her shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Never are we told because it would not be true. We are not told that he couldn't. But this was a choice on part of God on our behalf and why. I mean, he already paid for us. It amazes me the lengths to which he will go to show us that we are loved. Uh, Jamie, do you want to share with us the final verse that we've got?
2: Isaiah 53, verse 5 reads, But because of our sins, he was wounded, beaten because of the evil we did. We are healed by the punishment he suffered, made whole by the blow he received.
3: This particular translation really kind of reached out and grabbed me. I think it's a reminder he was healed for us. I think there are many of us who have scars of various kinds because of our blindness. Maybe those are surgery scars. I'm thinking more specifically about emotional scars. Maybe it was the reactions of classmates. Maybe it was that family and friends did not treat us as they should treat any human being. Maybe it's just a series of small slights, but the thing to never forget is that our God came to heal those scars. Mike, Jamie, any uh, comments, any times where this has rung true in your own lives?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I think I'm speechless I'm hearing your story, and I, I said at the beginning, you know, you're going to be blessed, and this and that, which of course makes you think if you're listening to the podcast, hey, he he knows the story. I didn't, and I'm sitting here listening to your story, cringing, going, no, 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 no. We know her, like, no, you can't do that to her. It's like, dude, <laughs> you know, it was horrendous. I can't even begin. To, I have, I have three girls, two little girls, uh, you know, and, and, and I get upset when someone just teases my little girls, you know, sticks their tongue out at them or whatever, you know, silly little girl things. The level of cruelty that children can display to one another never ceases to amaze me. And wow, I know Lisa and, uh. I've never heard a bitter word from Lisa's mouth. I've seen Lisa upset, but I've never seen her rude. I've never seen any response in a derogatory way to someone's negativity towards her. To me, as a fellow believer... I am humbled, truly, by the work that God has done in your life, because much like you heck, I've put up with a lot of junk in my life, I think. you know, but as I hear other stories, you know, I sit here and I say, "Man, what I put up with was nothing. I can't even imagine the level of humiliation that you experienced and where that you need to come back from. How old were you? Eight, I think you said.
3: Um, roughly, I would say. Um yeah. You know, it was something that happened like seven, eight, nine, and I remember feeling very bitter because mm. I couldn't move away from it. We had this really bizarre playground setup, and. You could go up an incline and barely notice it. But if you got up the incline and you walked wrong, I don't know how to even explain this. You could fall off a wall. I did it three times. Wow. Oh, <laughs> um, and it was a four foot ish, three and a half foot, four foot wall with concrete at the bottom. And this was hmm. before the days when kids were given canes much. I didn't get my first cane until I was in fourth grade. And I remember thinking, this is super, I won't fall off the wall. But I was very bitter because I couldn't go anywhere. And when I read this verse, I thought, wow, he even got that because he couldn't go anywhere either.
1: Wow. Yeah. I was able to relate to the verse where Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do when you think about Jesus just totally in the natural, here's a dude who came to earth and was friendly, man. I mean, he hung out with people that nobody would want to hang out with, you know? And he treated them as people. He treated them with respect. He talked about loving each other. He talked about loving God. He talked about, you know, doing unto others as you'd like done unto yourself. I mean, what's wrong with that, you know? And we hung him on a tree for it. And, you know, as you were Talking about the sacrifice, do you realize that animal sacrifices, they died with more dignity than our Savior. Wow. They die with more dignity. He died naked on a tree, dude. And this is not to guilt people listening to this. This is just the truth. This is the bitter truth of the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. And when I think about that, many times I've told myself, and I've even taught, we were predisposed to sin. I was born with original sin. I didn't choose to sin. Adam did. And because of Adam's choice, it's in me. It was in me. But God could have started over. And he didn't. Instead, he did this. So, Lisa, did you write that story at the beginning? I did. Wow. No kidding, yeah. Oh, cool. Not only do you have a talent for just being a nice person, but <laughs> wow, girl, you, you actually, you, you should, it was captivating.
3: I need to come clean about that nice person thing. Call me about six o'clock in the morning and we'll dispel that myth for <laughs> you real fast. <laughs> um, well, you know, I've heard the story that there are two kinds of people. There's some who wake up with a smile on their face and they say, "Good morning, Lord." Well, I fall into the other camp where we stagger out of bed and we say, "Good Lord, morning." Yeah <laughs> uh, But yeah, I did, and to me, it wasn't overly a hard thing in part because I felt like God gave me the words, but also I had been thinking about this. I mean, you have to wonder when you read a verse like that. Really, why would God allow himself to be put through something of that magnitude?
1: Things and that make you go, hmm. Yeah.
3: Yes. But it's so closely mirrored my own experience. I couldn't help but feel a profound sense of wonder.
1: What about you, Jamie? I mean, I'm sorry, man. I kind of hogged up the time here. And, you know. No, I, as
2: I was listening to Lisa speak and and give her testimony and teach, there were two things that came to my mind. The first one was that there are lots of good sermons that we hear and they're inspiring and they're well thought out and the minister does a great job and you walk away and you feel a little better about yourself and ready to do better things and, and then there are some teachings that will shake you to your core and tonight this one shook me to my core. This one, oh, yeah. I will never be the same after having listened. And that's not really an exaggeration, and that's not to pat Lisa on the back. It is just a true statement. This has, in some way, changed me spiritually. The the second thing I think that is related to that is that I think it's easy sometimes to think, okay, yeah, I know Jesus bore all of our sufferings and all of our cares, but this little human thing I'm going through, he surely can't really relate to because, I mean, he didn't walk the earth in 2013 and, you know, we don't know what he was like as a nine-year-old. And so how could he really relate? But to hear Lisa tell her story and then to read the scripture that he endured the same thing is just amazing to me.
1: Yeah, it was truly a, an amazing story, Lisa. I want to encourage you. And, you know, this morning I was... uh I was at a, a Bible study for men and they were talking about the pastor's awesome and he always uses these great real world examples. And one of the things he was talking about is about the wounded heart and how we keep stuff in our heart. And he referred it to, he went fishing one day and with a bunch of guys and he left a fish in his car for a week. And, and yeah, and at the end of the week, oh. he gets back and there's flies all over the car. And he's like, well, one, do we paint the car and uh you know you give the car a new paint job number two do we throw the car away number three do we get rid of the fish and clean the car out number four do we wax the car and wash it of course number three but his point is that we wax we wash we clean we repaint but until we get the rotten fish out of our heart And the thing that was interesting to me, that he didn't point out that I was pointing out to the men at the table that we were at after that is even after the fish is gone (laughs) for a long time, that car is going to stink and you're going to remember that dead fish. So I got to tell you, I experienced in June of last year after many years through therapy and other things and uh, Holy Spirit led counseling. I experienced a serious healing myself for hurts from when I was a child. I'm honored uh, and humbled to hear your story. Like Jamie, it's changed me as well. I can't unhear it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I will be forever thankful that you told it in such a dignified, such a captivating and such a touching way. I know that this podcast will be heard by thousands of people that will be blessed by it. And I will be waiting to see the responses and to see how not only did you use God's suffering to encourage yourself, but others will use Jesus' suffering in tandem with yours and how you responded to it as an example. And thank you. That was awesome.
3: Thank you. I. It was good for me to write it and to reflect on it anew, especially this time of year as we approach Easter it was a good reminder of why he came to begin with. And hearing about his sacrifice is so painful and it's so enormous. But in another sense, it really is glorious. He spared no detail.
2: And it's amazing to me how it doesn't matter what bad thing we go through. If God is allowed to work in us, his goodness will always outweigh the bad. I don't care what it is. Yeah, and
3: he gave his life as much for those of us who went through something like that. And this is where the healing comes in as well is he gave his life every bit as much for those children who bullied. Because really, what kind of a child would waste their time with that? Not a secure child. Not a loved child.
1: Hurt people hurt other people.
3: For sure.
2: I wonder if any of them ever look back on that with regret.
3: Reminds me of a song I have by a very unusual artist named Michael Kelly Blanchard. And he talks about being somewhere and coming face-to-face with a girl that they teased, bullied in school. She was someone's mother. She was someone's lover. And uh, was a really neat, beautiful, healing kind of song.
1: Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. And I'd like to remind those of you listening to us that God is not a respecter of persons. What God has done for Lisa, what God has done for Jamie, what God has done for me, what God will do for anybody. He's just waiting. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, please invite him into your heart today. Jesus cleans his fish after he catches them. You can never get right and come to God. Come to Jesus the way you are. It doesn't matter if you're angry. It doesn't matter if you're bitter. Just come. Come. And if God has done something amazing in your life, and every time someone says, Jesus, become my Savior, come into me and save me and clean me up, make me a new creation in you, that is an amazing miracle and worthy of a hilltop testimony, just a mountaintop experience, man. And we want to hear about it. We want to hear about it via recording and MP3. If you want to send it to us, if you want to come on to the podcast and talk to us, we'd love to do that. If you just like to write it down, maybe you don't want to get in front of a microphone and talk to us, you know, but you do want to write it down and give God the glory. Please, however, it is do share because teaching is important, but faith comes by hearing. Yeah. And we we will gain more and more understanding of what a wonderful God we serve by the word of each other's testimony and what happened so that we can never say, oh, that just happened to Lisa. That, That would never happen to me.
2: Yeah, and you said it. God is no respecter of persons. God loves us all the same. And I appreciate what Lisa said. Even the people who did the wrong, we're all level at the foot of the
1: cross. So please do reach out to us. Send us an email to info at blindjesusfreak.com. Follow us on Twitter at sign blindjesusfreak. And uh, please do feel free to visit our website, www.blindjesusfreak.com. Sign up for the podcast. Uh, Just get in touch and Facebook is coming soon really i don't know when yet but we're trying to get it together people and uh, let us know any kind of program suggestions uh that you may have for us to do because we really do want to make this into something that is uh something that you're you're not oh just another teaching oh just we really want to make this an interactive thing where every week You come away from this podcast different as we've certainly come away tonight. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing uh, and for sharing your heart with us.
3: My pleasure. It's very glad to be here and to share. And uh, we certainly would love to hear your comments. And uh, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely, and until next week, remember that everybody's a freak about something, so you might as well be a freak
0: about Jesus. See ya. Thank you for checking out the Blind Jesus Freak Podcast with your host, Mike Calvo, a podcast that focuses on living a Christ-centered life with a visual impairment. Even if you don't have a visual impairment and you made it this far, we see you stuck around. If you learned something, we invite you to add us to your favorite podcasting software and make us a part of your regular business biblical studies you might just be blessed by how the blind look at god's word yes the pun is totally intended so stop being politically correct and let's just relate to one another as god's kids for more information about this ministry visit us on the web at www.blindjesusfreak.com and learn how easy it is for you to connect with us and a bunch of other jesus freaks on your favorite social networks remember everybody's a freak about something join us and
3: be a freak about jesus After all, he's crazy about you.